Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. Imagine making a difference. No, imagine being the difference. The difference between I can't and I can or I won't and I will. The reason someone chooses to wake up and strive for greatness. In life, it can feel like everything is working against you. Let's defy all odds and break generational curses. This is Overstepping Poverty with Daquan and Zacchaeus. Welcome back to Overstepping Poverty. The podcast that provides you with tips, tricks, and hacks in overstepping poverty. My name is Daquan Brooks, and I'm here with my co-host, Zakia Shaw. How you doing, Zakias? I'm doing good today, my friend. It's good to be back in the studio with another special guest. Yes. It's always good. You know, going to be spending time with family this weekend, and, you know, it's a great time, obviously, to think about what we're grateful for, but just wanted to start off by saying... I'm grateful for you guys. So appreciate that. Thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah. You know, you? I'm I'm good. I'm good. Uh, there's a lot of things going on this uh, this Thanksgiving. One that I'm definitely not going to forget. You know, we have our gender reveal uh, this Thanksgiving. Uh, we're hosting. I think that's always like something big for me to truly like have family over and host them and ensure that they get a full meal. They leave happy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and we exchange memories and whatnot in the house that that we own, you know, so I'm super excited about that. And then, like I said, it's just going to be a Thanksgiving to just remember for forever. You know, I I can't wait to figure out the gender of, of my baby team boy. Let's go. Everybody's wearing blue for boy tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Just going to wear gray. There you go. (laughs) I'm going to wear gray. There you go. I love it. I love it. But no, I'm super excited for that. But also that we have a very special guest that is also family uh, to me. So uh, why don't you go and bring us in? Let's get in, get started and get into this podcast here. Yes, absolutely. Well, as you said, you know, somebody that's family, it's going to be an interesting episode because it's always, I was able to have my own sister on the podcast and now for you, you're able to have your sister-in-law yes. join us on the podcast. So I want to introduce Natasha Arts. Well, hello. Welcome hello. to the podcast. Thank you for Welcome. having me. Yes. I'm excited. You know, there was a there was a question that we asked before this here, and that was, have you ever been on a podcast? Have you ever been recorded before? I have been recorded okay. um, a few times, I think, for like commercials and stuff for work and oh, stuff. Oh, but. for commercials? I mean, I feel like that's tougher, honestly. See, but I memorized it all. So mm. I, if I memorize it, I'm good. I, I'll go. Understandable. Mm-hmm. Understandable. I, I always get nervous, you know, just as far as starting out um just on the video but then as we continue to talk it's just like wow this is natural we're supposed to be here we're supposed to be having these conversations so i'm excited about that and so what i actually want to do is because i know a lot about you but i don't know the full journey Mm -hmm. that you've taken you know and i'd like to start off on step by step kind of where you started and then bring us into where you've where you've grown to today how much time you have (laughs) oh we had all the time in the world um I mean, I grew up obviously with my mom and dad and my sister. And I actually, to be honest with you, started off actually going to Pier and everything. And then I went to Fort Pier, which I think that really made the difference in my life was going to Fort Pier rather mm-hmm. than Pier. Just because What's the difference between the two? 
Because I, I don't know. Right. I so I guess once I get to my, like, get sure. into it, it'll make a little bit more sense. But okay. there was a lot of diversity, I guess, I had to deal with a little bit of what, in a sense of what happened when. Sure. Yeah. A mm-hmm. lot happened. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll get And we're going to unravel yeah. everything. We're yeah. going to get into all that, too. Perfect. Yeah. So. I guess start off. I went to high school. I played sports. Um, I tried cheerleading, did wrestling because mm. I got to sit. You there know, you on go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then I was not the only sport that I really, really dug into was softball, and that was like my love. Like I, me, mm-hmm. my dad coached me, so that was really oh cool. nice. Mm-hmm. But then you get me and him together, right? You know, we get we can get kicked out of some games, <laughs> right? Feisty, <laughs> yeah. But no, um. I think just my journey really just begins with family because my family is very, very close. As you know, we're loud, we're close. We're just, we're going to be pretty flat out honest with you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So growing up though, it really wasn't like that, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. It was a little bit more closed off, Mm -hmm. more kind of like, I am very open with my daughter now, but Mm -hmm. like my mom is the best mom ever. Right. But I just... There's that openness that we didn't have, like communication, like I could go to her with anything and not feel like maybe I might get in trouble or anything like that. Right. So that was kind of closed off and it was nothing that she did wrong at all. It was mm-hmm. just like the mindset of like she, they, they're strict. And right. so I would hide a lot. And in high school, I went through some stuff It actually started in middle school, 13, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll never forget it. It kind of you know, you turn 13, your parents are going to let you wear makeup and stuff. So my mom, I can remember the day I was wearing a pink shirt, cute as it could ever be. (laughs) I'm like, mom, how do I put makeup on? And Mm. well, I don't (laughs) ask her. Um, She put green eyeshadow on me and I had (laughs) mascara. I had like no matchings. I went in and I felt pretty cool. And then I looked in the mirror. I was like, Oh my God. God. So needless to say, my mom's very naturally beautiful. And I think that's, we get it from her, but, um, just being with her and everything being closed off and me and my dad, we had a, we were very much alike. So Mm -hmm. we had a tough relationship per se, Mm -hmm. I guess as me as a high schooler and everything, because we would butt heads like no other, like, yeah, what what do you think it was that like why do you think you guys did but had so much? Because I am his mini me, mm-hmm. and I literally that anger like the, the snipper, the snap, and everything like it's my way or the highway. It's just I know like it, it's my way works, so deal right. with it. <laughs> okay, but he's changed since then, so. Mm. You know, I think there's actually, there's a little bit more to it that I, that I see from an outsider, Yeah. you know, meeting you, meeting, meeting your dad, of course, my father-in-law and sister-in-law in this, I think there's a competitive competitiveness between the, the each of you that you guys express. I know that of course, Craig, he grew up doing a lot of sports and whatnot. You mm-hmm. grew up doing a lot of sports. That's kind of what I kind of see from a, a, an outsider that yeah. you learned a lot of your stuff from. And so then of course, as a dad and as a coach, then mm-hmm. he he's trying to live that life, you know, through his daughter and of course his player. Yep. And so it's it's super easy to butt heads in that because I, I see it with myself even when um, I'm competing in sports and I have someone like I had a fatherly figure when I was growing up that was my coach and he'd take me to all the games. 
um, of course, being the coach and whatnot. And then, of course, I was I was also best friends with his kid. Right. And like now, I mean, we're best friends, but I feel like even then, like it was tough for me to truly learn from him. Um, because I saw him as a fatherly figure. Mm-hmm. And so when I separated, you know, at sports and you're, you're my father, but you're my coach, but we had to separate that, you know, yeah. like, okay, you can be my father, but Church you're, you're, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're, you're going to, you're going to see the, the Daquan that needs to be coached. And so yeah, there's, there's going to be times that we're both going to be butting heads oh, a yeah. little bit more, you know, so that's just from an outsider, what I see oh, yeah. um, on that. But I, I just want to go back just a little bit here. Yeah. Um, just on, you had mentioned that your family's super close, super mm-hmm. tight, you know, and I can definitely attest to that. What kind of, what do you feel like really brought you guys like so close? Is that just something as far as uh, generation to generation mm-hmm. that you guys always did things together? You guys were always just, you know, blood is blood and everyone's just family right. tight, no matter what, to the end, to the day you die, family's family, period, yeah. right? Yeah, definitely generational on my mom's side, for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, every Christmas Eve, I'm not kidding, since the day, I was probably born. We went Christmas Eve. We went to my grandma and grandpa's on my mom's side. Mm. We went there every Christmas Eve. And then we went to church. We did our thing. And then we went home that same night. And it was just a routine. And same with like family reunions and everything like that. So definitely the generational thing, but also just like being there for each other. That's my dad's number one thing is like, Mm -hmm. you're there for each other no matter what. No, mm-hmm. like no matter what. So it's just having each other's back. And I think it was like your blood. You are yep. blood no matter what. Because, I mean, there was not a lot of outside, I guess. You know, we had mm-hmm. a we have a big, pretty decent sized family and everything mm-hmm. right. like that, too. So, yeah, I do think it's just very generational, but yep. also just how much we just love each other. But then again, we're going to fight for each other each other and we might even fight with each other <laughs> right, right right seriously i love that so it's just fighting for each other to be the best for each other and make sure that everybody's doing the best mm-hmm. that they can be and being the best selves i think absolutely did, did you guys start to come closer together more so during high school or was it after high school or when did you guys more so yeah. stop i'm sure you still butt heads but oh, yeah. stop butting heads as much yeah so Surprisingly, my parents were divorced. So Mm -hmm. they got divorced when I had not even a year after I graduated, probably about six months after I graduated. And so after that, that was pretty hard on me and my sister, I think, because I was a teen mom with my daughter, too. So I was already kind of in a low place, but not just trying to start off on my own. Mm -hmm. And that divorce just really kind of hit hard because it was actually... The, it would be the very first divorce on my mom's side of the oh, family. Wow. Yeah. On my dad's side, it's a different story. But I mean, hey, it is what it is. We're super close on that side as well. We're all right. super close. But I think that's really kind of, it all separated us in a way, like at first. But then mm. we, through the divorce, they were divorced for eight years and then got remarried. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And I got to remarry them. That's so cool. <laughs> actually that's pretty recent. So yeah. So I think that's when we started becoming like, I mean, super, super close was when they came back together. Like right. their love came back together and yeah. it like changed our whole family. My dad's right. a different person. Right. Like my mom, I mean, my mom's a saint. My dad's like, you know, she really <laughs> is. But, and then they got back together and it's just like, wow, it's just, 
it's seeing a different mm-hmm. side of their love mm-hmm. than before right. that maybe I was missing as a kid yeah. and mm-hmm. maybe why I had some struggles and stuff. Yeah, for you know? sure. Yeah. I want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. And when, you know, you're six months out of high school, at what point, first of all, at what point did you have your first child? Well, actually, I got pregnant um, my going into the senior year. Yeah, summer of senior year, I got pregnant. Um, okay. Yeah, found out right, like, I mean, probably a week before senior year started. Wow. I was like, and I was the fittest I've ever been. Like, I was running six miles a day. I was actually, like, healthy. Like, I was like, I'm going to change I had just gone through a breakup. I was like, I'm a new me. Right. <laughs> Literally. Yep. Senior year, new me. <laughs> but, and then, yep, found out. I was like, oh, wow. Hello. Right. Mm-hmm. Now what? Like, yeah. I'm a senior. First off, in a small town. Mm-hmm. I'm graduated with 34 people. Wow. So, being pregnant in a small town, I mean, you're definitely going to be like. The talk of the town. Oh, yeah. Sure. And I, I was. All through high school, the talk of the town. I mean, people that watch this, they're going to contest that. I could tell you that. <laughs> right, right. That's crazy. Yeah. Do fun. you feel like getting pregnant in high school contributed uh, to your parents splitting up? Or did, was it something yeah. that you feel like they needed to split up? No, I that? honestly think that, I mean, I think with them, honestly, their parenting roles were like different and how their parenting styles were actually different. And mm-hmm. I think that was a big thing. I always did feel like maybe I was the cause of it um, because I was not an easy child. I really wasn't. I right. had anger issues. I was like, I'm going to tell you what's up. But then again, I'm going to go up in my room and scream and write in a journal for an hour mm-hmm. about you. Mm-hmm. So I really think that maybe. Let me ask you this. Did you feel like it contributed yes. to that at that mm-hmm. point? Yep. And my, my dad didn't talk to me for a week after. Really? So I told my mom right away, told my mom right away. Cause I'm like, what do I do? Like, I am a kid. Like I'm mm-hmm. 17 years old, like excited for senior year mm-hmm. and told my mom I was like, I'm pregnant. And she's like, um, okay, well, okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and then she's like, yeah. I'm like, I'm not telling dad you are. She's like, Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I think the next day she told him and he didn't talk to me for a week, at least a week. And then wow. the thing that he said to me after he started talking to me, he was, he came up to me. He was like, you still want that dog? I'm like, no, I'm good. I, I got a baby. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so then, I mean, that's cried. crazy. Yeah. What is it like then? Because you have a unique story in mm-hmm. that it was able to come back full circle for them, and you were actually the one to able to like bring them yeah. back together. So, what do you like thinking about that aspect? What did that do for you, or what? How did that make you feel being able to actually be the one to? At first, I was scared. I was like, are you guys going to make it? Like, you know, you just never Mm -hmm. know. Like, you're kind of scared. Like, are you going to, what's going to happen? But then I was like, you know what? Who better to marry them than me? Because (laughs) I'm not, I mean, if Megan wanted to do it, that's great. But she is Mm -hmm. not a public speaker. (laughs) So I was like, let me do it. And at first it was kind of a joke. She was like, no, no, no. She wanted to see if our pastor, I mean, that baptized both of us and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And then she called me and she's like, would you want to? I was like, yes let's go so it was just perfect and Mm -hmm. so i really feel like that kind of made my bond especially with my mom 
mm. a little bit stronger just because, I mean, my mom and I have had a crazy relationship. She's very, very, the reason Briley is the way she is today, my oldest yeah. daughter and everything mm-hmm. too. So, wow, yeah. Well, that's really cool. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like there's some more things to kind of unpack and learn about you just in between, of course, mm-hmm. you know, having, having your kid or being pregnant as a senior in high school. And then there's more after that. Can you take us through that journey? Oh, yeah. I had my, well, first off, you probably should know the relationship. No kidding. Mm -hmm. So my oldest daughter's dad and I were like eighth grade sweethearts. Like, I mean, we were off and on all through high school. It really was. It was like, well, yep, these two, they'll get back together. Well, it wasn't the most stable either. But I mean, once I got pregnant with her, she... I kind of figured out what true love was in a way, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like with her. Yeah. Um, she kind of changed my way of thinking. So after that, I was like, you know, after having her, I was like, I can do whatever I want. Like I'm not stuck here because I'm a teen mom. Like I'm mm-hmm. not stuck here because financially I have zero dollars to my name. Like I worked mm-hmm. at Perkins, like right. it is what it is. But my best friend, she was like, I'm going to Black Hill State and you should just come with me. I mean, why not? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, what am I going to do? And then I thought I wanted to be a history teacher. So I went to Black Hill State, checked it out, and I absolutely loved it. So yeah. I was like, okay, we're doing this. Mm-hmm. And go. so my mom and I, we, well, my mom did so much research. I mean, she got me an assisted mm-hmm. living, like not assisted living, dear Lord, I'm sorry. <laughs> but... <laughs> So like housing but like, uh, like yeah. yeah like um income housing and everything like that and then kind of taught me how to fill out the paperwork i never knew how to fill right. out paperwork and like be an adult like here's your file folder here's yeah. your taxes here's your kid's birth certificate like whoa i have to right. be an adult all by myself mm-hmm. so no and then um move there and i really had to actually step away from a pretty toxic relationship which Briley's dad um mm-hmm. being because it just drugs got in the mix with him sure. so mm-hmm. that was pretty hard and so I really was like you know what my kid doesn't need to be you know just there was too much going on right then so we moved and she was three months old moved wow. into this beautiful apartment like mm-hmm. for you know young kid parents and everything like that and then I met a lot of people you know probably got a little bit too into drugs and partying and my mm-hmm. mom actually really took care of Briley. She really? she took her first summer even. Yeah. I mean so and then that first summer I actually got a call and this is what really I think changed my mind as being a parent. Like, hey, you have to step up and be a be that parent. Right. Is mm-hmm. that I got a call that her my oldest daughter's dad had shot his brother with a shotgun while he was on meth. And because he was trying to make his brother also was on meth. And so he was trying to not let him in the house. It was just a whole thing. And when I got that call, I'm like, what if Briley was there? Because she was just there a week ago. Right. Like that, that's, that just triggered it. Like I was done. I was Mm -hmm. like, I, I need to, you know, step up, but I didn't, Mm -hmm. I really didn't. I mean, it was hard, but Mm -hmm. then through that, I, Finally, about a year later, I kind of realized that I was getting too, too deep. And Mm -hmm. my GPA went from like 3.1 to Mm 0.3. Like, no joke. So, girls like, oh, I'm going to hair school in Rapid. So, you should come. I'm like, 
I don't even brush my hair. Like, <laughs> like, what am I going to do? I'm like, well, I need to get out, so I'm going to go do it. So I started at hair school, and that started like a whole new chapter, I think, for me, per Absolutely. se. But that was probably the hardest, lowest point. Yeah. I just had to. Which, I mean, there's a lot going on. I mean, especially, one, as a kid, you're given so much responsibilities to just go off on your own and go to college, right? Mm-hmm. That's just one thing. That's one thing right there. Two, you had the responsibilities on your own to go off to go to college and you have a kid, you yeah. know, you have a three month old and then you have three, not a stable relationship to have another parent to step in, to really give you that guidance and that help, you know, as yeah. far as that, that other, that significant other to help raise the kid at that time. So there's so many things that, I mean, really emotionally, mentally you're going through. So mm-hmm. I, I, I couldn't expect anything, anything less. I mean, really for you to kind of, do, you know, go the route and the journey that you did, you know, of course, where, where of course your GPA fell, I'm sure you're probably partying and whatnot. There's probably a lot of masking going on during that time. Now, another question that I just have for you, just being a teen, teen parent and going to college, can you tell me what that was like? Just like really mentally, physically, emotionally, like how was that for you? Well, So that first semester, I mean, it was really hard, but then I got into a routine and I Mm -hmm. did have a good little bit of a support system where my cousin and my best friend were there. So we got into a routine and everything. So that was the good, I'll say the easy part. Mm -hmm. But then what really became the hard part was like trying to juggle, making sure that I'm studying for these tests, but I'm having a social life, but I'm also being a mom. Mm -hmm. So it was trying to juggle all that and... I have really bad ADHD, so juggling all that was not easy for me to begin with, but I was undiagnosed at that point. So Mm -hmm. it was like a whirlwind of everything. So I just, yeah. So I have to ask, you know, looking back on it right now, for someone, uh, another, I mean, there's other high school students that are pregnant and they're looking at going Mm -hmm. into college, you know, what is some advice that you can give them? you know, being a, being a parent and trying to take on their collegiate career. I would definitely say that, yes, you're still young, but you are meant to have this child for a reason. Like there's a reason this child is going to teach you more things than you could ever possibly learn without, you know? Mm -hmm. And I would say that don't give up, like prove the statistics wrong because you're not a statistics. You're going to be one of those, you know, 50% statistics that you don't have another child by 21 or, you know, that you live off the government for years, which is fine because I did. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's totally fine for, but make sure you're taking the right steps and you do take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. Like take advantage of WIC, which is women in crisis, I think. And then also snap and all that, because Mm -hmm. that's there for a reason that's actually there for you. Right. Like I even got scholarships, I think not scholarships, but I did get loans or something like that for being, yeah, grants for being Mm -hmm. a teen mom. Yeah. And I mean, people are like, what? I'm like, (laughs) thanks, but I can't live in the dorm. So I have to live off campus and everything. I had to find at my own apartment camp. And there's, there is no shame in that. No, not at all. These things are here to help and guide you. You know, the government, other people know that it's, it's tough to be a parent and try and juggle, Mm -hmm. um, trying to do, you know, college work and study and, and pretty much better yourself. It's tough out here for everyone, you know, 
in a world full of negativity, we got to find one thing positive each day to continue to progress right. and continue to go forward. So yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's a great piece of advice that you gave there. I do. I want to go into some of the battles that you were dealing with. And when you're going through that and you're, you're about to get on your journey, going into hair school, all of those things, how did you pick yourself up? You know, from the lowest point that you've ever been, how did you, you know, take that first step towards? Yeah, I've had life? many low points. Like yeah. I say lowest point, but no, I've had a couple lowest points. But this one, I walked into my house one day, which I just had a little house. And to be honest with you, I'm not the cleanest person, hate to say it, but I walked into my house and I looked around and I was like, my daughter doesn't deserve to live like this. Like she's living in this house and I'm doing what I want, but I'm not putting her first. I'm putting myself first. Like, like I can't, like I was letting partying and social life and guys and stuff just take over my life. And I was like, no, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. I, I can't, I've got to do something different, but I didn't want to go home. I didn't want to yeah. go back to living with my parents. Right. I was like, I gotta be myself. Was there anybody that like you can think of that really helped you come to that realization or was it more so just yourself? I had a lot of friends that started like straying away, like kind of like because I was kind of getting into stuff that I probably shouldn't have been. So they were kind mm -hmm. of distancing themselves. And I remember one friend, she picked me up and she goes, I got to just talk to you because this is not the person that I met six months ago, a year ago, at the beginning of college, like you, I, my hair was black. I mean, like, mm -hmm. and for me, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, she's like, I can tell like, you're just not, you're not in a good state. And I'm like, no, I, I, no, I'm not like at all. Right. And she just told me, she's like, you got to do something. Like you can't just keep living this day by day because you're making it worse for you, but you have a kid too. That's right. So yeah, she was the one. And I, then I remember I was just like, you know what? Yep. And then I think it was probably a week later, walked in my house. And I saw that. I was like, I'm done, done. Mm, just, yeah. and I was a party house. Everyone, since I didn't yeah. live at the dorms, I was mm -hmm. in walking distance. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was the bungalow It's called the bungalow. Wow, <laughs> so I that's mean, crazy. yeah, but I do have to contribute that I think my daughter, I mean, she is one of the smartest people and like very mature. Mm -hmm. I do contribute that she hung out with adults since day one. Mm -hmm. right. I do kind of contribute that to that because she is so mature for her age and it scares me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we'll, we'll call that, of course, the growth period yep, of, your, of your life there, you know, where you learn and, and we talk about trial by error, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes you have to deep dive and just do what you can with things. And if you fail, then that's fine. You just right. pick up, you pick up where you left off and you continue to go forward. And that's what you did there. Um, so I, I want to move forward a little bit here now to now you leave college, you know, you, you go into hair uh, mm -hmm. cosmetology. Is yep. that what it, it's yep. called? Great. And you move to rapid city. Yep. Right. Can you take us now on that journey in rapid yeah. city? So I moved to rapid city in February of 2012. <laughs> I remember because we started hair school on Valentine's day and started that. And I actually liked it. I was like, okay, this is pretty cool because it's something different every day. Like, yeah, I mean, I get to use my hands. I get to use my personality and I get to talk like right. I like to talk. So then went through that. I mean, attendance, you came, you went, you came, you went. So I wasn't very good at attendance, but it took me 
probably two years rather than a year to graduate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But through that, I mean, I actually met my second daughter's dad, like mm-hmm. actually became friends, you know, and hanging out. So and his group of friends, like, I mean, we it was a very, very close knit, like we were family, mm-hmm. like it and his family was like second family to me. I mean, they definitely took me and Brian. I'm mm-hmm. a package yeah. deal now. Right. right. So that's the whole thing. And so he was through like all of that with me. And then I graduated in 2013, I think September. And not even a week later, found out I was pregnant with my second daughter. Oh my <laughs> yeah, had like a part time job doing nails, just mm-hmm. graduated with like a whole bunch of debt. <laughs> right, so right. I'm like, now what? So then we actually moved in with his mom and dad and then got ourselves an apartment and everything once. And then I had my second daughter and that pregnancy was not easy. I, I mean, it was not easy. I was very, Mm. very emotionally unstable. We'll put it that way. But I think it was because I was so scared because the first time I felt so alone Mm-hmm. And there was so much going on that this time I was like scared as well. And it was a harder pregnancy mm-hmm. and I didn't feel as alone because I really did have my family, but then his family as well. But then, you know, relationships are tough. So we had our daughter and that's when I'll say my life changed again, yeah. <laughs> like okay. in a huge like aspect, just due to the fact of, I didn't know what I was going to do. Like I have mm-hmm. two kids. We're, what am I going to do for a job? Benefits, like I'm 21 years old right. also. Wow. So mm-hmm. I was part of those, that statistic, you know, Yeah, had two kids under the age of 22, which is huge when you're a teen mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I really, I had to pause. I didn't know. And my mom came out and I think she, my daughter was six weeks old. She's like, okay you need to do something like you're done. You can't just sit here and be a stay at home mom. Like there's no way you can afford Mm -hmm. it. So I'm like, well, what am I going to do? I have no skills, like no life skills other than hair, but you can't get benefits very well for hair. I mean, you can, but it's hard to work for. Mm -hmm. So what I ended up, she's like, you're applying for a receptionist job at fish arounds where my mom has been in insurance since, for 30, 35 years now. So she's like, she was the manager in the peer agency and we have an agency out in rapid as well. So she's like, they need a receptionist. So you need to apply and they've got good benefits, all this. I was like, I have to put a resume together. Like, what is that? (laughs) Like, do I need to Google this? I don't even know if Google is out there or not. Mm -hmm. I think it was, but not very well. So did that put piece something together, Mm -hmm. took it in and, I actually got a call back and then they offered me the job and I started when my daughter was eight weeks old. So yeah, that kind of brought me all the way up to where like I'm still with that current employer. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. What is it about... Like, why are you still with them? Because somebody that has ADD or ADHD, typically they jump, they, they'll go from job to job just because they get bored. Right. You know, so how have you stayed with Fisher rounds. Yeah. So basically I started as a receptionist. I was answering calls, talking to people, sending out like proof of insurance to trucking companies. Mm-hmm. And 
that's when I kind of found my niche. And when I would get these calls from the truckers, they, they love to talk. Mm. They just, and I love to talk. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? Like, let's go, Bob, <laughs> you right. know? And so I just started building this relationship <laughs> of like talking to these guys and like they're on the road 24 seven. I mean, right, right. you're just something, they, they just need that relationship. They just don't talk yes. to many people. Yeah. So, I mean, I started doing that and seeing lots of faces. So that was for a good year. And then they asked me to get my license. So my insurance license. And I was like, oh gosh, I really suck at tests. Like I just right. got a 0.3 GPA last year. So <laughs> yeah. that's not on that resume. Right. <laughs> so and what I was like, you know what? I'll do it. Let's, let's just try. Mm -hmm. So, but while that I was receptioning and also helping with accounting and doing all the things. So when I was studying, I didn't get very much time. Well, let's just say that I had to take that thing five times. There you go. And I passed by one. There you <laughs> go. Try it. So then I got the opportunity to become like an account manager, meaning I service these accounts. I get to talk to these guys. I get to make changes, blah, blah, blah. Did that for about three years. And just the change of everything, like you learn something new every day in insurance. Insurance is like sure. a different language. Right. You mm -hmm. like, I think you work in finance, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So you, you have a little bit of. <laughs> Something's always changing. Yes. That's for sure. Yep. Right. So then I really started to realize that I think that I want to become like more in the truck insurance because I loved helping guys like solve problems. Like they had a question, like they had a weird question. I'd be mm -hmm. like, Oh, I'll find out and we'll figure this out together. So mm -hmm. right. that really kind of sparked it, I think, for me. And the two ladies, Sandy and Linda, they, I mean, they're literally in their 70s right now. Wow. They definitely made me the truck person, I should <laughs> say, truck insurance lady, right. who mm -hmm. I am today in the wow. truck insurance. Because without them, no. That's crazy. So... For people that are listening, you know, that are out there kind of trying to figure out what they want to do or what would be the first step, is getting into insurance something you would recommend to people? Definitely. Just because it does have kind of that lower barrier of mm -hmm. entry where you can right. get in pretty quickly. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I'd also say that insurance is something everybody's always going to need. It's not mm -hmm. going away. It's true. So right. it's like, and there's also so much potential for growth. Like I started as a receptionist. And now I am actually selling like two truckers and I have a referral basis that is just crazy. Wow. Like, she won't gloat, but she's one of the best. Awesome. <laughs> she is one of the best. Yeah. You, you want to talk truck? Let's go. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I love That's it. That's crazy. Peter Boltz, my favorite. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, well, that's awesome. Well, that's cool that you found something mm -hmm. that really fit for you and right. allowed you to really grow into that role. Because you're right, you know, college really isn't for everybody. No. And I think it, there's definitely aspects and it is for people. You know, mm -hmm. I just think that a lot of people do get ashamed of maybe not finishing school right. or not going to school. But I think it's awesome every day hearing of people that get into an industry like finance or like yeah. um, insurance or becoming a realtor <clears throat> and not having to go to college right. and mm -hmm. still be successful. So yeah. I think that's really cool. It is. It is. You know, so I want to fast forward just a little bit here now to when we met, because I didn't get to meet the I'm in growth Tasha. I got to meet the 
man, I got my life figured out. I'm doing, I've been in this career for so long. You know, I've got two kids. I'm going to ensure that no matter what, that they have the necessities mm-hmm. that they need. And the, the, I don't come first. My kids come first, right. Tasha, you know? So I want to fast forward to that, um, where I met you, you know, okay. can you take us through that time now when we met? Yeah. So that was probably 2017, 18. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So, um, let's just say I met an angel of a man. I'll tell <laughs> you what, I'm not kidding you. Like I was never going to get married ever. No, and no. So, <laughs> I met this guy, and I remember I Kelly's Kelly's Sports Bar. I will never forget. I saw him, and I looked over to my friend. I was like, "Who is that?" And she told me, and she dated him. Yeah. Well, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh. she told me who he yeah. was, and I was like, "Hmm, okay." Well, then about a couple months later, found out him and his girlfriend broke up, and I said, "Hey, what's up?" Um, you want to come to my birthday party? It's in about two weeks. And he's like, who are you? <laughs> and obviously, like, I was friends with some of his friends, so his mutual friends. Well, sure enough, I met this awesome man named Josh, and he literally changed my life. Like, that was mm. right when, right before I met you, because me and Megan really actually met the loves of our lives mm. at the same time. Wow. Yeah. Yep, and both of us, I will tell you, struggled, struggled with the relationships. We, no bueno. Yeah. So, yep, I met him, and that man literally saw the worst of me before he saw the best of me. Like, mm. he saw me at my lowest. He knows everything about me. Like, I don't tell, I tell him everything. I don't keep right. anything from him. Mm-hmm. And he literally just opened my eyes to be like, holy crap, like, there's more to me than you know just the eye or anything like that he literally loved me for me and it was just a breath of fresh air like i felt not alone anymore wow Mm -hmm. oh that's awesome oh gosh yes what was it i guess that he would do to that you can pinpoint to not feel alone he literally oh man okay so (laughs) he when we first started hanging out I was at the bar every night. Like, I mean, he took care of me, everything like that. But then the patience that he had with me after about two months, finally, I just was like, okay, I'm a package deal. Like, if you want something serious, here's the deal. I have two daughters. I don't come just by myself. Like, you're going to have to be in their lives. Like, dads will talk about later. Mm-hmm. So he was like, okay. Well, then I was like, hmm, what's so, like, what's wrong with this guy? This guy's 33 years old, never been married, doesn't have kids. Mm -hmm. Like, he's a perfect man. And I can still tell you that I don't know what's wrong with this man. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) Like, he just, he literally, we balance each other. That's what it is. It's Mm -hmm. like opposites attract, like, Mm -hmm. That's it. Right. It really is. We balance each other. He's the most patient man ever. Right. He He's, needed your crazy. Oh, yeah. He needed some <laughs> interesting. Right. <laughs> pizzazz. Right. <laughs> what is it like, you know, with the Quan? Because you get a different perspective of mm-hmm. the Quan. So with you and your sister going through that at the same time, I'm sure that was kind of like that spider-man meme where you guys are like pointing at right. each other right oh yeah no, no we actually we actually have a picture of like me and my sister like the, him 
and Josh are running after mm-hmm. you propose, and they're like running away from us, and we're chasing them. I'm not kidding you. It's on Facebook. That's hilarious. It is. <laughs> so, like, when I met him, I will never forget when I met him because it was actually here in Sioux Falls. My sister's like, "So, I want to introduce you to um, somebody that I'm dating," and I'm like, "Okay, well, where'd you meet this guy? Right. Care if I say this?" Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> and she goes, "Tinder." I'm like, mm. No, no, I don't think so. No, you no. So I'm like, I don't believe in this. Like, you know, just because I don't know, right. you know, it's just yeah, for I me mean, at that point. That... Right. There's that stigma. Mm-hmm. So he comes walking in and I'm like, I felt underdressed. Mm. I was like, dang, oh, <laughs> I was like, he can dress. I was like, did he dress for us? Like he dressed up for <laughs> us. And she's like, no, I'm like, okay. Right. No, <laughs> so, he does that. and then he came up, I mean, just looked you straight in your eye and was like, hi, I'm Daquan. And like the conversation was super easy. And it was like, I mean, I kind of knew him. Like, right. I'm like, do I know you? <laughs> because we have very similar personalities. Oh, so yeah. it was the very first time I was like, okay, you got my respect because, and that was, that's hard to do. Okay. Yeah. Well, I have to ask, because yeah. this is something that literally just popped in my mind. What was it like uh, for your sister to bring home a black man? Yeah, definitely. Mm. So I will say that it was hard, I think, for people in our family, just because no one else in our family mm-hmm. has ever has done that. Yeah. Shout out to Megan. Yeah. Shout right. out to Megan. But right. I knew from day one. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. She, yeah. But it definitely was hard. But I think Megan, of all people, she handled it so gracefully. Like, she mm-hmm. literally wasn't mean, wasn't mad about it or anything. Like, it wasn't never, it was never an argument. It was like, I'm going to tell you my side and I'm going to tell you how I feel. And if you accept it, Great. If not, I'm sorry, but this is how I feel. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. you got to broaden your horizon a little bit. Mm-hmm. For and sure. it did. Definitely. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I think it takes that sometimes for a lot of people to actually have to have right. that shift mm-hmm. to open your eyes oh, to, yeah. um, and really enlightenment to a whole yeah. new world of relationships and possibilities. So I, I think it's important to ask that because that's a question that we've gotten before Daquan mm-hmm. and I, um, of, you know, dating a white woman or if yeah. we get any questions about that or if people look at us different. So mm-hmm. I yeah, just do they? To, I mean, um, I guess I've never asked that. I think that for me, I guess, I don't know. I don't ever notice it, Yeah, but I think I don't, I'm not naive to the fact that if I was darker skin that I think I would get more side eyes okay about it but i don't know what about you you, i mean honestly i I feel like i'm so like in my own world that i'm just like oblivious so it's and and on top of that i i truly like deep down truly do not care what other people think right Right. like i'm just i'm just me so if you see me out and you know it's not something that you're used to you know being seeing a black man with a white woman or a white man with a black woman well, then that's on you. It's that's something that you're not used to. It's mm-hmm. something that you're going to have to overcome. Right. For me, I'm just like, whatever. I yeah. mean, and if it and if it bothers you, then take your space right. yeah. take your whatever Thoughts. issue that you have and just keep it away from me. Yeah. You know, well, so let me ask you this then 
with you getting into a relationship and deciding to marry into an all-white family, mm-hmm. yeah. what was that like? Like, did you have any thoughts prior to, like, did that ever cross your mind? You know, actually it did because in college I I was actually in a relationship with a lady and her parents were racist. And so she would never actually introduce me to her parents. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of weird. And I'm just like, for so long that I kind of hung on to that relationship. And then I was just like, why am I doing this? Like if she feels that I should be hidden, then it's making me question. Like, I mean, is there something like if it's, if it's, is it me or is it just my skin color? You know what I'm saying? Like, and if it's my skin color, then unfortunately this is, uh, this is as far as the relationship's going to get. But on top of that, I know that moving forward and you're in a relationship, you're not only having a relationship with that significant other, you have a relationship with their family members. So if I couldn't meet her family, then I'm like, okay, we're done. So anyways, brings us back to me and my wife, you know, being into that. I felt like she was very just open. And I feel like even on like my side of family, you know, I obviously I'm in an, I'm a all white family, you know, actually, well, sorry, there is, there is uh, some culture uh, on my cousin's side, but anyways, with that, I've had some times where I've encountered where like, either my grandma or someone had like said something, but they were more curious to it than trying to offend. Right. And so I knew that going into this year, I'd have to have patience no matter what, you know, when it comes out there where if someone did say something, it wasn't to offend me. It was more of just like, I want to understand. And I'm someone that is always willing, no matter what, even if it puts me in an uncomfortable spot, I'm not going to just shut you out and just be like, wow, you know what, you're racist, you're a bigot, you're this, 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 and just leave you with that. Instead, I'm going to help you try and understand. Right. And then after that, if you can't understand, then we're just going to go our separate ways. And so just being in a family like this here, they're all understandable, you know, and they're able to understand me and my culture and the diversity that I bring and whatnot. And they're also accepting by it. So it's been easy, I guess. You know, I haven't really been able to, I never had to truly face anything where I'm just like, Mm, you know, question it. So. Right. Well, that's good. Yeah. Do you think good. having a kid will change your mind? Like, oh, I mean, just you know, having to deal with that, maybe. You know, I mean, as far as like our, our fam, like families, are you saying, or like yeah. just well, like just, the outside world? Yeah, both. I you know, mean, just you know. I, I guess, like, as far as family, no, I don't. Just because, I mean, I feel like our families are super close. I feel oh, like yeah. I'm super close with. With our, I keep, I was going to say your family, but like our our. family, you know, um, now as far as the outside world, I think that there is going to be some things that Megan and I will have to discuss that I've gone through in my life that she needs to know that we're going to have to prepare our kid for, um, because our kid unfortunately isn't white and we, our kid is not going to be white and our kid lives in the Midwest. And unfortunately in the Midwest, you're, there are some times where you, you get, some racism. Right. And sometimes it's not even like on purpose. It's just things that were just so habit, like forced out of habit Mm -hmm. habit. And our kid needs to know exactly how to react to that. Right. Our kid needs to know exactly how to react to as far as with cops or anything like that, you know, with being out just in public. If, If anyone knows me, I have, I have been taught on how to address things in public, you know, and that's something that I know that I'm going to have to teach my kid. And it's unfortunate. It really is because there, there are, there's going to be, there's couples out there right now that they're listening to this and they're like, I have no idea what that even means. Or I don't even know how, like, how does that even feel? Well, what it feels like is 
sometimes it feels like the world's against you. You know what I'm saying? But on top of that, I also know that I cannot allow the world to dictate how I'm going to live and how, you know, it's a short life that we live. So if I, if I have to teach, I'd rather be a teacher, you know, rather than be someone who's just negative and just like, you know what? Screw you. That's right. I like that because to be honest, I just thought about this. Like, I'm going to be, this is going to be new for me too. Mm -hmm. Like very new. Like I am going to be probably asking you questions like daily, especially if it's a girl hair questions, Mm -hmm. because you know what I'm saying? I just, this is new for me. I know how to do a lot of hair too. So I'll say this, I bet, I think, and not that it doesn't already, Mm -hmm. but I think when you start, when you do see, um, and really I think anybody that experiences having the first biracial child come into the family mm-hmm. it creates a different type of attachment mm-hmm. i think because i don't have that perspective but what i can see happening is when you start to see somebody maybe being a little racist or you mm-hmm. see something i think you'll get a little more offended because you'll take it a little more personal because you're you're relating it to your blood at that right. point you know what i'm saying yeah. so my dad when he was raising me he would say, I'm raising you for the world, not for Sioux Falls. And mm. I think that's a good like perspective to have that I'm raising you so that when you go out into the world, you can go anywhere and I don't right. necessarily have to worry about you. Right. I love and that. when you do have to have those conversations, they're unfortunate because they happen. But I think it helps because it helps your child become more aware. Exactly. And it's not you we want to protect our kids from so many things but that's a reality of life that unfortunately they may have to face at some point of getting pulled over or Mm -hmm. you know getting in a fight with somebody right so when you are able to have those conversations and your children are becoming more aware of those things at a younger age i think it gives them a a step up further down the road absolutely when you don't have to have those conversations there's people still today like oh my god i didn't even I never even thought of that when getting pulled over, but the other person was like in survival mode. Right. 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 So right. different worlds, but just, yeah, I think if we can raise our kids to be ready for the world instead of where we're at currently, that should help. I completely yeah. agree. I Definitely. love that. Yeah. I love that. And you know, everything that we just explained there and just how you have to teach and how you need to show, uh, you know, that next generation. I mean, even if it's yours, you know, your own kid, you have to teach them these things and get them ready for the world. That's overstepping poverty, you know? And so I want to relate it, of course, back to, to you, Tasha, here, and being on the show Overstepping Poverty. I want to know exactly what does that mean to you? When you hear overstepping poverty, just what clicks right away? Honestly, like, I just think of being at my lowest point, like overstepping, basically overcoming, like, the person where I felt like, I can't go on any farther. Like this is this is it. I'm done. Right. I'm done. So at that point, it's like I feel like overstepping poverty really just means like how do you rise back up? Like mm-hmm. how are you going to prove to yourself first that you can become a better person than where you're at right now? Because that's not you. Right. You're, you're just at a a stage in your life. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's really. And using those resources, like I talked about earlier, if you're in a position where I'm like where I was as a teen mom, like actually using the resources that were meant for people like you, like that is a huge thing. And actually being okay with this support system. If someone says, Hey, 
let me let me help you mm-hmm. like just taking your groceries because I'm one like I got this I'm good right mm-hmm. and so just I think honestly just being open and actually being willing to like you said learn mm-hmm. like from someone that's been through it or just listen listening yeah. because that's a huge thing I just think being a better person is overstepping poverty I completely agree what well, before we go into the next um <laughs> portion for roundtable i do have to ask you if you were to tell 22 year old tasha something from now mm-hmm. what would you go back and tell her you're gonna find your happy ending mm. and it will be worth everything that i went through because i feel like you know i from the outside i did have an amazing life like i had a great childhood everything like that but like inside I don't know. I struggled super, Mm -hmm. super, super bad. Like just struggled with, I think depression Mm -hmm. and just didn't have it diagnosed. till I was 21, 22. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Well, good for you. You know, in 20, 22 year old, you wouldn't admit something like that. You know, they probably just continue just battling with that inside. And so just to see that growth, you know, and, and like here, like you just took us through your entire story. And I, I knew, I know, this version of Tasha. I didn't know the first version, you know, and so you've come a long way. So that's, that's kudos to you. Just Mm -hmm. continuously fighting. It's that dog mentality that we (laughs) always talk about. So, but I do want to get into our next uh, part of our episode here, which is called round table. Um, of course we've been asking you so many questions here and we appreciate you uh, answering and being vulnerable to all those questions here. And I think it's time for Zacchaeus and I to be vulnerable. Yeah. Well, (laughs) My first question really is, if you could go back and tell your younger oh my self gosh. one thing, what would it be? That's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. It is. You know, and if you don't mind, I'll answer that yeah, first yeah. here. But it's actually something that I just I just asked on our OSP page. Uh, we had asked for people to tell us what they're like, what they've learned this past year. Yeah. You know. Um, and that was to be teachable because when I was younger, I just was not teachable. I was, I was hardheaded. Uh, Zakia saw it in college, you know, and I, it was, it was my way or the highway. There was times where, you know, people would tell me that I'm wrong and whatnot, and I would get frustrated, upset. And my instant response is, well, I don't care. I mean, you don't, you know what I'm saying? This relationship, like, like this relationship, it, it don't matter to me. Like, and that was just such a negative way of handling things. And I think I, I definitely lost a lot of relationships then because I didn't care, which right. I should have, which now I'm like, man, I want to maintain as many relationships as I can because when it, when it comes down to it, when it comes down to us versus the government or, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Or just, and you feel like you're on your own, like it's always nice to have someone that you can rely on. And then the more relationships, the more people that you, you build with and whatnot, you have this entire just community that you can just rely on for, for help. And that's huge. That, that makes me feel like I've got a a steel back. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll never be broken. My foundation is just built so well because of these relationships that I've maintained and I've created. So, yeah, I think, you know, for me, I can't remember at what point I came to this realization, but it it was within the last few years, but I wish I would have came to that realization earlier. And that was that, you know, you don't have to be living in survival anymore, right? Like you're not in the same, 
environment that you were in when you had to fight. Right. Right. And I think that that's really hard to, to understand that. Okay. Like I don't have to like penny pinch everything because I actually have money coming in. Like I don't Mm. have to be living the same way. That's so, so limiting. And so, yeah, I would just, I would just tell my younger self that just be free, like let go of, whatever is holding you back and trust yourself because boy you ain't missed right (laughs) (laughs) right um so um another thing is what are your guys's biggest strengths and weaknesses in life i would say my biggest weakness is probably sticking to a routine like literally probably one of the biggest weaknesses because i feel like if i had that routine dialed in and locked in I would be so much more efficient with everything that I do. I can. Um, but yeah, that I mean, I think then that comes with like that ADD because I deal with that as well. And it's like, I don't necessarily look at it as like a bad thing. We mm-hmm. just don't necessarily fit into how society has structured, you know, life. I just right? call myself so, unique. Exactly. <laughs> so like, you know, mm-hmm. I can I can be the person that I feel like I can get up at 10 o'clock and have a full work day and be productive because mm-hmm. I'm already I know I'm going to be up late. Like yep. I stay up late anyway. So, you know, but the world doesn't operate on the same clock that I necessarily operate on. So right. I think that that has something to do with it. But my biggest strength, I feel like I can go into any room and find my way into conversation or find my way into a relationship and it might not be that day it might not be that month it might mm-hmm. be a year and a half from now and I've been kind of watching you but from afar and right. then for it seems like things just tend to come together but yeah I don't know my that's my intuition strength. I guess right. and being able to just kind of sit back and and observe yeah but at the same time i can yeah i can kind of fit in anywhere yeah yeah you know i want people if you're eating and whatnot put your food down because (laughs) i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna tell you a cliche and you're gonna Mm -hmm. you're gonna want to puke but i i truly feel like my strength and weakness kind of go exactly together and that's just my weakness is is i'm always just on the go i'm always on the go and i forget i really forget to breathe sometimes and really take in um, just how blessed I truly am, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes out there. Um, but with that also being said, that's also a strength of mine just because, I mean, as, from a young kid, I've always had that survival mode. Like I, I, no matter what, I need to make sure that I don't lose. I need to make sure that the next, the next, you know, plate that's on the table, I need to make sure that it's there for me because there's things that I went without as a kid. And like, now it's just engraved into me. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always just like, okay, you know what? I'll do this step by step, but then I don't ever take a break. I don't, you know? And so I think that's, that's a strength and a weakness for mine just because I do believe that people need to take time and truly like truly just be fully aware of how blessed you are to be living. You know what right. I'm saying? To to be able to wake up and go go to the job that you work at. You know what I'm saying? To get a check and whatnot. Um, there's there's just so many things in this world that we take for granted. Right. And I've seen that I myself have taken a lot of these for granted. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I also I work hard though. Too. Yeah. So exactly. I'm like, You're like it's, it's kind of cliche. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So right. No, I like that. I think that's the struggle though that you we if you went through struggle. It's the smartest thing 
to use that right as mm-hmm. like that motivation. Mm-hmm. And I think turning it from like a survival uh, mindset and turning it into like that underdog mindset, mm-hmm. right? Cause if you have the mentality of being an underdog, you're, you're always going, you're always striving to get better. And then you'll turn around and be like, damn, <laughs> like I did a lot. Yeah. Right. And right. then you got to find another way like Kobe, Kobe right. would always, he would find anything to make it feel like somebody was doubting him. Right. Yep. Yep. And I think that that's the best way to go about life. Cause there's always more that we're, we're going to want out of life. So right. yeah. I think if you don't want more, if you're not growing, you're dead, right? Right. That's true. It's been a while true. since we said that. Seriously. That's a mm. good question. Any other questions for yes. us? Yes. All right. Juan, oh. was this podcast easier with me being family or do you, do, were you like more mm. scared? I'm just, I'm just curious, I guess. You know, honestly, it was a bit tougher just because when it came to everyone else that we've had on our podcast, I pretty much had to gain my, well, really just ha- like take my own like perspective yeah. on them and really figure out the questions that I want to ask, the things I want to deep dive into. Now, of course, with you being family, I feel like I was not trying to be as like pushy into like any topics or anything mm-hmm. like that. And that was my tougher part of it. But then of course, that's why it's always nice to have Zacchaeus as well. And then just kind of seeing you open up about the things and whatnot, I, I felt more comfortable asking you these questions um, on there. So I think it was definitely, it was definitely tougher. Yeah. You know, it was, it was, it definitely, I was nervous at first, but man, I'm usually not nervous either. I'm <laughs> yeah. just like, oh, let's go, you know? And like, here I am. I'm, I got the fan going on in the back <laughs> here to cool He's me never down. never had a fan on. Right. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I'm like, who wants to open up the windows? It's hot in here. Right. Why are these walls, out. why are these walls closing in on me right now? He's My tripping. gosh. <laughs> oh, goodness. It is interesting but. having somebody like family or family on the show because like he said, we do have our own perspective, but at the same time you know you have your own perspective right. on things mm-hmm. as well about the same topic mm-hmm. oftentimes so it's interesting to get that different type of perspective and feedback because you don't always get that from mm-hmm. people close to you right um but at the same time like he was saying you don't also want to pry into something that you know in confidence because right. your family yeah right yeah and that can make it challenging because it's like it's a big part of your story and mm-hmm. I know it is, but I don't know if you want to go there. Right. So definitely it has yeah. its oh, yeah. different dynamics. No, Absolutely. and I, yeah, I get that too because. <laughs> and you have to be careful. Right? Yeah, like, definitely. I found myself, shout out to my mom. I love my mom, you guys. I have to let her know I love her. She's amazing. She's always been amazing. But when you have these kinds, so I've had my sister on mm-hmm. and. You, it's hard because every decision that we make in life, mm-hmm. it doesn't affect just ourselves. Exactly. Right. So there's things that we may talk about where we're looking at it like, oh, it's not a big deal. And right. she may think it is. Right? right. So it's, there's a very fine line between like being vulnerable and telling too much. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, that's, I think my, that was my biggest thing coming mm-hmm. in. I'm like, okay, what, what should I be okay to share? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I think it's for the people coming on, you know, I love when they're, they're open about it. Cause one thing that I find about doing a podcast is 
for me, it's been one of the most therapeutic things I've ever done. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, because you're having these conversations about things that you don't n- typically get to ask. Right. And, like, I can't just go in and ask you somebody how they're feeling because they've been with two people and now they're in another relationship. Like, like they'd yeah. be offended if I just come exactly. in and ask that. But when you have a safe space like this where yep. you can talk about it and not feel judged but be curious well, and like yeah. actually ask the question because you want to know mm-hmm. then it makes it a lot easier so oh yeah it does and it, it makes does. it a lot easier to share too not yeah. feeling like you're judged and right. everything mm-hmm. too for sure right for sure that's another good question that is do you have any other questions for us here uh, no all right <laughs> so Tasha, you know, we've been, again, asking you so many questions, mm-hmm. asking you to be vulnerable. You know, through this entire period of your life, I feel like you've you've really grown. You've learned plenty of things during that right. time as well, um, whether it's life lessons, just pure wisdom, um, how to be an adult. You know, these, these things that you took on, you know, through trial and error on that. So I do just have, just with all that wisdom, all that knowledge that you've gained here, I would like you to share just five tips, tricks, and hacks that you would tell someone else and how to overstep poverty. Yeah. So first off, I have a, it, it's under my email signature, okay? It is my life model. It'll probably be on my gravestone. Hmm. So that first one, like, I don't know where I found it, but it's work for a cause not for applause Mm. live life to express not to impress and this is the best part don't strive to make your presence noticed just make your absent felt Mm. so doesn't that like there's three different parts there it's like first off work for cause not for applause like yeah don't impress what are you doing yeah exactly right you gotta have passion i do too that's yep. fire. That is. Yeah. So I. That's the first thing. That's okay. good. <laughs> There's she three, gave us a three for one. Right. Let's go. <laughs> yep. No. And honestly, <laughs> <laughs> she said that was the five. <laughs> well, no, actually, it's not. I kidding. have application is the depth of knowledge. So I heard that one time when I was listening to a um, a Christian podcast, mm-hmm. and. When I heard that, I was like, application is the depth of knowledge. Like, what does that mean? So I kind of like thought about it and I was like, oh, so applying yourself, like mm-hmm. try being open to learn, mm-hmm. being open to like knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. Like, so the depth of the knowledge that you know about something like that's my job. Like my right. job, I took the knowledge of it and like, I mean, I am dissecting it. If I was a surgeon, right. I would be a heart surgeon mm-hmm. because like I love my job so much that that's kind of where... I took that application, the application is the depth of knowledge yeah. towards my job because I'm like, I want to always apply myself and make sure I always have an answer or I'll find it for you. Right. So that's, and that's, that's, that's what separates you from a sales associate and mm-hmm. a sales professional, you know, an associate itself to me, they'll just get through. And at mm-hmm. the end of the day, it's all about the dollar, but oh, as a professional, yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and as a professional, it's more than that. It's right. not about the dollar. It's about the customer and ensuring that if they do have a question, if you don't know it, you're going to figure it out. And two, you're not comfortable with just what's given to you. You're going to dissect things. You're going to make it your own. So then if someone does ask you, it's like, hey, 
well, this is my mindset on it. So I'm going to give you this information and I want you to gather your own opinion on it and then make your decision. That's right. a sales professional right. there. Yeah. Sure. And I'll tell you that. So you said something on one of the podcasts and it was, it, it stuck with me. Like I put it in my about me for my uh, LinkedIn and all this wow. stuff. <laughs> so when you said, um, especially for insurance and even finance, I mean, when you said there's a missing link for like, it's not about who you know. Mm-hmm. And it's not about what you know, it's about who knows you. Mm-hmm. That is one thing that I have literally taken because it's like in insurance and in sales, like referrals are crazy. Like that's how I get all of my business. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Like it's about who knows me because they literally call and they ask specifically for my name and everything right. because of my knowledge. Like right. I'm not selling you an insurance policy. Like you're also going to get the knowledge because I'm going to go over it so that you understand it because right. you're on the road. Mm, right. <laughs> so I think that's like, you literally said that. And I think it was probably on the first one, maybe mm-hmm. even. And that was another one that I was just like, okay, I got that's that. Awesome. Yeah. So I think that's it. Awesome. <laughs> I like it. Awesome. Well, that was, that was definitely all very great things for many people to, to learn for, from, to overstep poverty there. Uh, especially that first one there. I think that's really going to be something that people are going to relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to be able to take that out of this here and really tailor it to themselves, you know, and make it just, okay, you know what? I don't need to just work for an applause. It's like, or, you know, it's for a cause. What am I right. doing to help other people? You know what I'm saying? What are they going to get out of this here? It's not just about me. It's not, I'm not the one that needs to stand on the top yeah. of the, mm-hmm. You're not uh, impressive. exactly, exactly. You yeah. know, so. Well, and at the end of that, right. It's like people don't know what they have until you're gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're like, damn, yeah. like, mm-hmm. why aren't things going as smooth or yep. why does this suck? Yeah. So-and-so is gone and you <laughs> yeah. guys fumbled it <laughs> yep. and he's happily living his life doing <laughs> way better. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause he wasn't, he was taking, uh, we take things for granted. Right. right. So that's awesome. It is. It is. Well, that is the end of our episode of Overstepping Poverty here. Yes. Natasha, I truly appreciate you coming on here. Yes, thank um, you. Zacchaeus had asked me a question the other day, and he's, she's, he's like, well, did you ever ask her, like, what made it her want to come on Overstepping Poverty? And so what I would like to do just before we end this here, mm-hmm. I'd like to know exactly what is it that you're like, I want to be on that. So honestly, after the first um, episode, mm-hmm. I kind of was like, I want to, I want to be on it. Like it would be <laughs> right. kind of cool, but I'm going to give it some time. Yeah. Like, listen, and then just after hearing it. And then I really actually started listening to more podcasts, like your guys' mm-hmm. podcast kind of brought me into the podcast world, to be honest mm-hmm. with That's you. Cool. Yeah, it is. So then I was like, you know what? Like, uh, I called Megan. I don't know if she ever told you. I was mm-hmm. like, do you think Quan would let me like come on his <laughs> podcast? <laughs> and she's like yeah call him i'm like you're not gonna ask him (laughs) so then i was like fine and it was like early morning so it's perfect time i'm not scared to do anything then so i was like hey kwan can i be on your podcast (laughs) but honestly it's just like what you guys are trying to do is like i would i want to be a part of that like Mm -hmm. i just think it's so important especially like we're gonna have a little baby Mm -hmm. and i just want to make sure that even from an outsider, because I don't see everything the way that you guys do, you know? Right. So like, I want to be able to understand and I will always fight for my family and I'm yeah. sorry, but 
when this kid calls, he probably won't call them. He'll be calling me. I'll be right. coming to rap. <laughs> and she's going to be like, no, thank you. Right. And I'm going to be like, don't, don't worry, girl. I got you. Mm, like, let's and go. so that's my thing is like, I honestly just, I wanted to be on it because you're such an amazing person and mm-hmm. I've got to know you a little bit, you yeah. know, and stuff too. And I'm just like, you guys are awesome people. So thank I'm you. just like, I wanted to be a part of this because I think what you guys are doing is awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah. That's a mic drop right there. That is. Oh, it God. Is. Like, we're awesome. All right. Shout out That's to the yeah. Right. <laughs> but let's go. No, but seriously, though, you guys, anyone that's listening to this, you're going to figure out and find a lot of stuff that you can relate to in your own life. You know, whether you're a pregnant mother, whether you're going through some things in a, in a relationship, or you just really need to change that mindset from a survival mode to you know what, an underdog mentality, you know, so take these things, utilize them, tailor them to your life and take the next step in overstepping poverty. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Overstepping Poverty. We hope you found this week's discussion informative and thought provoking. We know that tackling poverty is a complex issue, but by working together and understanding the root causes, we can make progress towards creating a more equitable society. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe to our show. Until next time, let's take the next steps in overstepping poverty.